Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a money good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidrich to look ahead to tonight's episode of... Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. But here's my number. This is Rampage, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be, no doubt, a rowdy one, of course, filmed uh, last night in good old Toronto. That is basically, in itself, driving my interest in the show. Um, it wasn't taped after Dynamite. They had It was a new market. They had the opportunity to um, get a whole new set of fans, the same set of fans, on a whole different night, more accurately, into the building. They're not exhausted after the three-hour tapings, I think. Elevation and Dynamite combined is how the schedule usually goes. Um, so, on that note... Yeah, it'll be loud. It'll be a loud 7 out of 10 professional wrestling show with not <laughs> one standout match that I'm really desperate to see. Mm, yeah, it's... Normally, I look at this and go, right, that's... Yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, half-arsed sometimes, the card for, for Rampage. I think that's fair to say. When it's not like a mad two-hour one with all the championship matches are in and around it. Um, although the worrying figures for Bell are built, despite They're the time slot built. last week. Um, well, the time slot was terrible. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it just after Rampage? Yeah, it's 11 on a Friday night. Yeah, it's horrific. They yeah. were never getting a number. I wouldn't read anything into that. But, uh, I'm not, like, doing copium here. I don't care. If they got some bad numbers, it might uh, force them to address some real root issues that people continue to complain about, myself included. Yeah. But, yeah, I wouldn't read anything into the Battle of the Belts number. Uh, but a terrible slot and a bang average show. What do you think main events? Uh, and also, it's the weird thing, I suppose, as always with Rampage, where it's like, well, main event, traditionally end of the show, but the end of the show is the worst time slot, so sometimes they put the big match on first. It's a big match. Well, yeah. it's the big match here. I don't know what I'm looking at. Aside from Mox. What's, what's the lineup again? Moxley and Claudio representing the BCC versus Butcher and the Blades. Ethan Page and Isaiah Cassidy with all the all the stuff on the line. Um, that six-man with FTR and Sean Spears versus the Embassy. And I think a TBS championship match. Christ almighty, that is 6.5 out of 10 if I've ever seen it on paper. There's not one match that... Look, the, it's not the TBS title, so that's got no real stakes to it. Um... 
There's no stakes to anything, and the stakes in and of themselves in AEW matter less than ever as a result of the complete um, inflation of what it means to be a champion with the double figures titles. It's ridiculous. Mm. And the fact that they haven't thought to put, oh, we'll just put like a, I don't know, TNT title defense or an ROH world television. I think that's what Joe has. I don't know what the main event is. I've got three openers there and one that's going to get buried in the middle to die a death because it always does. Just pick just pick one, I guess. It's, uh, it won't <laughs> be Ethan Page and Isaiah Castiques. It's just uh, pretty wretched undercard fare that will be well worked in a nice little match, I expect, but there's nothing to it. It depends who they want to put in the main event to get the big pop. Mox or FTR. Jesus oh, Christ. I think it's, they might. It's weird. To, it's like it's shocking. This. I'm sorry. No, I, I think I think they might start with FTR and Sean Spears just to really shot, start the show off hot. Yeah, I would say so. Um, Sean Spears will get a hell of a reaction, of course. There is not an obvious main event there. Looking at it, there's nothing that's truly unmissable, or you'll kick yourself. There's nothing where ah, oh, this matchup should be great. I'll kick myself even if the result's a bit obvious if I get it spoiled. Or this one has a lot of narrative significance to it, so I have to watch that. There's just no. Mm. Um, well, let's start with the world champion, John Moxley, in action uh, alongside Claudio, of course, of the Blackpool Combat Club against the Butcher and the Blade. I wonder who wins this one. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's pretty obvious. You don't even have to say it. Um, I don't hate it. It's one of those times, right, where I just I think this company is just. Still so great in so many ways, but I'm used to it being great, and I want it to be perfect. Mm. Like the end of Wednesday was great. Yeah, Dynamite the show was itself a, was, was was fantastic. Was yeah. Great Dynamite, a great Dynamite. But I've often said I would love just a fixture, something, a match that happens because matches need to happen because it emulates a sport. This is not that. This is a match that isn't going to see. I don't think, at least, Mox and Claudio enter the tag team title picture. And this is their first step on the way, just simply a match, because to enter title pictures, you need to win. And sometimes it's as dry and basic as that, but you need that fundamental, like, foundation for this to work. So the one time I don't get some stupid interrupted interview, I get what I've been asking for, clamoring for, in fact, this entire time. An interview, prearranged, conducted with a wrestling act, in which it doesn't get interrupted, they simply call their shot and call someone out. Mm. Say, all right, okay, well, we're doing nothing at the minute. We're kind of sick of doing now, actually. We'll take on two of the hardest boys in the yard. Like, I like that, but at the same time, it just feels like fan service and getting stars on the show. There's no real yeah. pur uh, purpose behind this match, even though, see, I just don't want to ever be confused. There is a purpose to every match in AEW. Mm -hmm. That is the joy, except this one. Well, yeah, I just was thinking about that. Have I misremembered this? Or was the justification for Butcher and the Blade calling Mox and Claudio out in defense of the Andrade family office, specifically private party, who aren't part of the... Is that right? I seem to remember that. I can't remember like, the promo. I think it was just, beat us, please. You can't. <laughs> if, I'm just going to... I prefer to remember. It's, okay, like lost, it's like Lost Highway. I just prefer to remember things in my own way. But yes, uh, a nice tune-up match for Mox ahead of the World Championship match next week, I assume. Um, and Claudio probably doing something preposterous with the uh, Butcher. Yeah, that'll be a fun little monster match. And look, this should be a nice little three-and-a-quarter, three-and-a-half-star match that I don't really care about. It's John Moxley. When I actually watch him, I will love it because yes. he's great, but it's not one that's worth anticipating, nor does it have a particularly high ceiling on it. It's a rampage problem. Have we got any games prepared? 
Oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we can invent something. Have you got any jokes? <laughs> but maybe we can get someone for a joke later okay. on because, like, this is just dry content. Dry content breeds dry content. Indeed. I've seen enough reviews of Raw in my time on certain websites. Uh, but there is uh, there is a big issue to be decided on this show. A lot being put on the line by the new stable, The Firm, of course. It is Ethan Page versus Isaiah Cassidy, with the stipulation being if uh, Isaiah Cassidy wins, then Private Party, whose contracts have just been bought by The Firm because Matt Hardy was tampering with them when they were in the Andrade family <laughs> office, stay with me, then they're, they're free from The Firm if Isaiah wins. But if Ethan Page, hometown boy, wins, Matt Hardy has to join the firm. It would take terrible booking and storytelling, given the level of talent involved. And I know that neither have really performed to their best this year, but regardless, it would take terrible creative, the most ridiculously contrived, admin, paperwork-driven, drivel nonsense to lessen my interest in a match involving Andrade and Private Party somewhere down the line. AEW conspired to do it, and now if you could do anything to make that worse, anything at all, let's get Matt Hardy involved. <laughs> this is match to build a match booking, which is fine if you're not building to the same match, but the match they're building to down the line, the big main event, honestly, look at, looking at the way he wants to book at the minute, this could be a second match at f full gear. <laughs> Ethan Page versus Matt Hardy. What? What's Miro doing? I would rather beat Miro 30% of the time than have him, like, I don't know if he's injured yeah, or what. Yeah. Something's percolating there. What's going on with Miro? Just beat him. What's the point in protecting someone if you're just going to hide them away? Mm. That's a protection. That's, mal that's promotional malpractice. Yeah. He needs, God damn it, to save me watching stuff like this on a Saturday morning to just beat people and to be creative about how he reheats them and rebuilds. He's so good at building an act once that he's incredible at it. He's so good at getting an act, getting behind them, and building them to a certain point with a completely different, like, set of pushes. Wheeler Uta, Wardlow, Hangman Page. Like, he's so good at the first building exercise and getting a talent over. Increasingly, unless that person is incredible and eclectic and as an input in their own creative, like uh, your Page, Omega, well, not even your Page, actually no Page, Page, Omega, Jericho, MGF types. He can't book, he can't play with that which he's made, and that's why I think subconsciously he always tries to build, 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 because that's what he's good at. Mm -hmm. That's why he's building Utah Garcia this year. He's built pay, uh, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara to a certain level, and it's, you know there and it's fine but he's much better at building than actually using that which he's established and that's why we get Dross like Ethan Page versus Matt Hardy which this match which will be fine heated because Ethan Page is from Canada um, but that's why it exists to happen to lead that's, to why, I'm, to lead that's to why I'm not getting Miro yeah that's why not it's a double Miro. whammy with Miro isn't it just to go off on a bit of a tangent it's a double whammy of You've got certain people, and I'm not going to single people out and say this person shouldn't be on telly, but there's people who are getting exposure, are getting matches, are just getting TV time, and you're like, oh, wouldn't that be better for just like a 30-second Miro talking about God promo or whatever it may be? Plus, I know it's the stick that we often beat uh, AEW with, 
They've got so many titles. How's he not got one? He did so well of that, like, this is my precious, basically. And I know it maybe wouldn't work as well if it was the, I don't know, off the top of my head, Ring of Honor TV title yeah. or whatever it may be. But do something with it, unless he's injured, like you say. Yeah, they hinted that by virtue of him saying belt the Redeemer. He could conceivably go against Orange Cassidy or Wardlow at full gear. So maybe I need to hold my horses a bit. But if that's the direction, put them in really cool squash matches. Yeah, in the interim. Yeah. I agree. Legitimize them again as someone worthy of a title by having them win matches, which is how it works. And that way we get Miro on telly instead of Matt Hardy. That's a wrong way around. It's a wrong way around. I'm sorry. And Matt, Hard- Matt Hardy hasn't had a great TV presence since 1999. <laughs> I'm not being cruel just because I subjectively don't think he's worthy of being all elite anymore. It's like... Why are you wasting your time booking around Matt Hardy when you've got Miro right there? What, who's your money on in this match? Isaiah Cassidy care. or Ethan Page? I do not give a toss. I do not give a toss. Um, I was going to say it would make for a useless story if Isaiah Cassidy simply wins, but maybe they just need to clean up the mess. Andrade's not here. The creative was absolutely rotten when he was still there. This is not working. This is terrible. Just get it over with, blow it off. But then Ethan Page probably doesn't want to. They probably don't want him to. Well, he's presumed he might be next up. If he's not Miro, he should be next up for uh, for Orange Cassidy for me. Yeah, That's what he said. He the reason why he joined this. So this bollocks with private party continues. There's not an act I think less more of an AEW than them, and it's not their fault. No, it's Tony Khan's fault. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we've also got another hometown boy in action, though, of course. Uh, ten, not that one. Uh, Sean Spears uh, teaming with FTR against the Embassy, which, oh, oh, which means we might get a Prince Nana promo just earlier on. All right, well, that. I'm setting the alarm then. Yeah. I'm not being snarky. <laughs> I love the guy so much. Um, look, FTR versus Gates of Agony was the worst FTR match of the year. And, you know, that's not saying much. It was still absolutely serviceable. And it's not as if it's stood a chance of being as good as the uh, Young Bucks, Briscoes, or allegedly Aussie Open, even though New Japan have been far too slow to upload that to it's meant world. to be going soon, that, isn't it? I think I saw Meltzer tweet something about that, maybe. Yeah. And Dax Harwood has been... 
putting it over and then going, actually, I'm, I'm wary of putting it over too much because people might think it's overrated now. I thought you didn't care what people thought. I thought you did <laughs> not care <laughs> what people thought. Such a great wrestler who gets in his own way with the way he behaves online. Yeah. The absolute chief example of that. Um, be more like Cash. Cash be, Wheeler, Scott. No, be more like Mox. Well, yes. Don't go on Twitter. <laughs> yes, please. Do not go on Twitter. It's very simple. Because even, like, you know when? I'm only talking in tangents. Because FTR are going to win. It'll be a nice little moment for Sean Spears. I don't necessarily care more than that. Right. But you know when a discourse happens mm-hmm. on Twitter? And it is a grift. And the person who has said the bad take just wants it out there so they get attention. And they drive subscriptions to their stupid YouTube channels or their crappy podcasts. And people go, God, can you see what this guy's coming out with? Just don't respond. Just do not respond. Do not respond. And people respond because it's like, I showed him. You didn't really show him. You didn't really show him with any insight. You just basically said the thing that everyone else thinks but isn't stupid enough to say out loud on Twitter because it just ruins everyone's day with this stupid, stupid discourse that rears its ugly head almost on a daily basis, right? It's getting to the point now where wrestlers are behaving so terribly on social media that even when people I respect and think are great say something to the effect of, God, I wish my... uh, Wish everyone in this company would shut up, or you know, everyone's just you're adding to it as well. Yeah. You're adding to it as well. Just everyone, just shut up. Don't even conduct interviews. Just wrestle and <laughs> shut up. <laughs> the only exception I would argue to that. You don't tell us anything in an interview, unless you're Nyla Rose. Or, hey, there you go. That's what I was about to get to. You're not actually funny on it. I understand you got something to promote. Just retweet the uh, the promotion dropping the match graphic. Can't do Twitter. Leave it to. Actually, no one should use Twitter. <laughs> Max Harwood on Twitter. God damn it. Uh, but, well, yeah. Uh, what do you reckon? Win for Sean Spears? Yeah, obviously. obviously. <laughs> Your face. I'm just sick of this. Yeah. Um, sick of Rampage. Mm. Who is TBS champion? Jade Cargill. Well, is she, though? Possession's nine-tenths of the law, and Nyla Rose said, I am the law, like that judge or something. <laughs> How many times Nyla Rose is getting this through through force of Nyla Rose, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. How many times have I said in my coverage of WWE, and this is more Hamlet's take when he was trying to, you know, uh, bargain enjoying it in the, in the Vince McMahon era. I like watching people elevate bad material, and it's impressive. And I'm not disagreeing, but I would rather just see good wrestlers do good material. Yeah. Uh, this is bad material. Look, I like Nyla Rose. Um, but it's crap. And... Belt thievery never works. I don't think I've enjoyed a single belt theft storyline ever. Uh, No, when Jericho had his stolen. That's a completely different thing. (laughs) Shoot belt thievery's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I'll grant you that. Try to do it with the undisputed elite. Oh, God. Or the undisputed era when they stole... Whose belts did they steal? Was it when... It was when Page and Jurassic Express were the champions earlier this year, I believe. They could have done this incredible dickhead thing where this massive celebration gimmick that Jericho does, except it's they're even more dickheads because they haven't actually won anything. Mm. But they didn't do anything. Playing guitar with the belt is not yeah. even yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't I, even do anything yeah. like that. It's uh, a match. Uh, JAS. No, uh, yeah, Anna JAS versus Nyla Rose for who's the CBS the, Championship. Who's the heel? Who's the baby face? Because my understanding is that Jade I, Cargill plays heel. I, Nyla Rose... 
has just by done a heel tactic associated with heels. Yeah, the vicious vixens. The vicious vixens. So they've got Vicky Guerrero in them. Um, they are, I guess, playing situational babyface by way of doing a heel thing at the expense of the heel Jade Cargill. And to build that match, she is now Nyla Rose after the heel tactic. Wrestling a match against a heel in Anna JAS. This is crap. This is absolutely dismal. Tony Khan needs to sell Ring of Honor. Or <laughs> he needs to cease doing something with Ring of Honor on his programming. Say, right, okay, this hasn't really worked. Um, Keep the tape library. Maybe do a nostalgia show in two or three years' time if there's an appetite for it. Um, after selling Fulham or not doing anything involved in Fulham or the Jaguars, because this ROH thing has tipped everything over the edge, yeah. I timed it. He announced, right, that um, he'd purchased Ring of Honor and indeed launched Ring of Honor on AEW programming on the Revolution Go Home show. And for me, was it? the Revolution was the last great, mm-hmm. like, top to bottom, more or less, great thing that AEW did. There's been... Sprinkles of brilliance since then. The Wardlow MGF program has been overshadowed by the way it was concluded. But that storytelling was phenomenal week mm. to week. Anarchy, Bindo was fun. Yeah, but that was NXT TakeOver. That was NXT TakeOver. For Bindo, yeah, yeah, the build was absolutely be. crap. There's always going to be good wrestling when the wrestlers are in the ring. I need more than that, goddammit. Yeah. Anarchy in the arena, yes. Wardlow MGF before the match, yes. But that was... Wardlow MGF was planned well before Revolution as was the build to Anarchy in the Arena. So that was when he was still operating in peak book and form. The second that ROH happened, this booking in this company, because he got, you had the, um, you know, the, the coins gimmick that you have in arcades. Mm, the coins are falling them. off now. The coins are finally falling off. Tipping point. The tipping point, absolutely. And I'm just so bored. Of, let's say I'm not really bored on Wednesdays, even though I do think the magic's gone, but these Fridays are so boring. Yeah, I think Nyla Rose wins and maybe Jay Cargill comes back and goes, give me a match. <laughs> um, but a quick word. Hey, guys! Stacks, I'm depressed by how absolutely mid and almost pointless narratively this um, episode of AEW Rampage is tonight. So I just need a joke off your Stacks. It's like, uh, you got any more of those pretty terrible jokes, Stacks? Oh, I got jokes for you, Sidgy. Oh, do you think they're terrible or do you like them? They are quality jokes I spend a lot of time on. <laughs> okay, sorry, Stax. Maybe you have this thing about you, Stax, specifically, where your delivery is so good and so, like, knowing that... Nuanced. Well, I wouldn't say that far, Stax. <laughs> yeah, calm in a bit, Stax. Okay, all right. I just need some jokes. I thought, uh... I mean, uh, working on some new material, Sidge, uh, because this is an international episode of Rampage in Canada, and you know they love a joke in Canada. So, uh, Sidge, how do you get 50 Canadians out of a swimming pool? Huh? Picture that, 50 Canadians in a swimming pool? How am I going to get them out of there? Wait there, I can work this out. I like working out your joke stacks. It's like there's a formula, like a, a pun that you, that drives literally every last one of them. Um... Tell them to put the rice skates on or something. <laughs> that might be better than the actual punchline. How do you get 50 Canadians out of a swimming pool? You say, 
Please, Please get out of the swimming pool. Because they're very polite. Because they are so goddamn polite over there. Ah, that's, that's a, you know what? It's gentle, nice jokes. Yeah, you, you mentioned they like hockey over there, though. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves a good game of hockey. So why are hockey players so good at baking cakes? Baking cakes? Not in their gear, but they love a, they love a Victoria sponge. Um, right, okay. So why are they so good at baking cakes? Um, because they're very good at icing. Because they're good at icing! You worked it out? You're a smart cookie. <laughs> uh, before, I, before I give you my final joke and leave, we can wrap this goddamn podcast up. Uh, you have seen the spoiler. We won't spoil it right now, of course. But uh, on tonight's show, they are going to announce a huge... Ring of Honor championship match for Wednesday. Without spoiling it, what do you reckon to Jericho's opponent? Who do I think it's going to be? Well, who do you think it's going to be? Or if you, if I've already accidentally told you in the office, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what do you think about his prospective opponent? I'd love to see. Uh, I know who it is. It should be fun. Um, doesn't really tie into the idea of Chris <laughs> Jericho. Really trying to sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Pollute mm. the the great pure wrestling sanctity <laughs> of Ring of Honor. So I'm not sure it works from a storyline perspective, but the match itself should be very, very entertaining. If I could pick any realistic option that isn't because it can't be CM Punk, and nor would you use him in this role. Um Chris Jericho versus Davy Richards. I just think that would be so funny. Oh, my God. I just think it would be so unbelievably funny. Think gonna, and, he's, and he's working. He's working the indies. You think they're going to get him to eventually fight uh, fight Joe? Or is that going to be a separate kind um, of thing? I think it's more... I don't I don't think Joe's the kind of person he wants to beat, but he could just bring him in the head with a belt. <laughs> so that could work as well. Right, I got to, I got to go. You got to go. We got a busy day today. Uh, one final joke for you and for our Canadian listeners in particular. What has antlers and sucks blood? Huh? Lives in Canada. Lives in Canada. Got antlers. Sucks blood. Huh? Wait there, wait there, wait there, wait there. Okay. So it's, a, so it's like a moose and a vampire, but... Um, antlers and sucks Look blood. That. Antlers and sucking blood, huh? So it's like Dracula. Oh, it's good, but it's not right. It is, in fact, antlers suck blood. A moose skeeto is the way I f***ing tell her. God damn it. <laughs> Bye, Stux. You redeem Bye, yourself. Uh, right, well, let's know. you going to pay for that chair. Yeah, we smashed the studio up today. I think it's because he got a giddy because he was on the news as well this morning. He's been working. And, he's, go- and he's gone on holiday. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And he was on the SmackDown preview. So go and check that out. What culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, daily wrestling podcast, including, of course, Wrestle Culture as well later on today. Let us know your thoughts ahead of Rampage at What Culture WWE. Uh, watch there, there on Twitter. You can follow uh, all three of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. God, Rampage sucks. You can follow uh, Stax at, uh, at Channing Lorenzo, I do believe, on Twitter. Is it not WWE in his handle as yeah, well? Like that, uh. do, they, do you think they allow him to do these? Uh, I think it's. I think it's a bit like the whole Twitch thing. I think they're probably going to start clamping down on it, but. Uh, yeah, he's off on holidays, stacks next week, as am I. I just, ah, Sige, before we go, actually, um, 
you know what one of my favourite things to do on holiday is nothing. Um, just sit there, just relax, just chill out. Read a nice book by the pool, but I just haven't got, I haven't got any, uh, any reading suggestions. You got anything you could suggest? Well, you are, I think, a little bit down on the AEW product of 2022. Yeah, but did you like everything from 2019 to 2021? Yeah. Do you ever think, oh, how did this really happen? Do you ever think that? <laughs> well, if you do, I've written a book myself, Michael Sidgwick, all about the formation and indeed rise of AEW, <laughs> becoming all elite, the rise of AEW, 120,000 passionate, insightful words. Available to read on Amazon, wherever you live. Oh, check that out. Thanks, mate. At Adam Wilborn for me on Twitter, at WhatCultureWE <laughs> for all of us. Uh, Sige and Ham will be back to review all this on Monday. Uh, but for now, this has been the Rampage Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.